Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. How's it feel? Back to back weeks. I know it's 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 like a little bit of a little bit of back to the old days. Like we kind of bullshit about doing it on Monday last week, but we never like sat down and made plans. We're like, I'm gonna just with the folks. Yeah, I, I'm we, we already about, had plans. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I don't feel like being extremely lazy today. So you know what? I'm going to use that as a perfectly fine excuse. But not today. We are here. And trust and me. We are here to do a podcast. And trust me, I'm kind of glad I had the time to absorb this main event. That's right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with your hosts and boys, James and Edward. Ed. What's good with the show? And remember, listeners, we have timestamps in the description if you ever just want to jump to any part of this damn show. So, Ed, what's good, my dude? Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, I'm Edward. Welcome back to my mom's favorite podcast. Yes. So, uh, we, we've are got they, a... Are we, like, the only podcast your mom listens to? No, she listens to one that... Um, some comedians do. I don't. I don't remember. I, I think. I think. What does she listen to? Burt Kreischer? No, she doesn't listen to Burt Kreischer. What she listens to? Joe Rogan? No, she thinks he's a dweeb. Does she listen to Uncle Laser? Who? I don't know. Some like white dude with like a big pompadour mullet that like bought that like spends hundreds and hundreds of dollars for vintage WWF Attitude Era shirts. And just says has like a podcast where other dudes just trying to be raunchy comedians. So, you know, typical millennial white boy shit. I don't think I'd like that show. I wouldn't know about the show, but he has an all right Instagram. Oh, okay. I'm fine watching his Instagram and just like him doing Uncle Laser shit. You know what? Let me get an actual post with him trying to flex a vintage shirt. But what's good with you, Ed? Well, I'm doing but I asked the question for the third fucking time. So I'm doing all right. We got a we got an interesting show lined up for you. We're back, of course, with Hot or Not, as is custom. Um, and then for our CAR, we listened to uh, Santana's Abraxas. Which Abraxas? Or Abraxas. I thought it was Abraxas, but I asked, It is Abraxas. Yeah, I talked to both my folks about it, and specifically it's my Abraxas. dad. My dad was like, no, it's Abraxas. I'm like, I'm like, but- Why not no, no, Abraxas? Yeah, and he's like, and he, and, and my, I swear to God, my dad's just like, just trust me. It was Abraxas. I brought it when it came out. I still have the album. I'm like, yeah, but it's Abraxas. Did he actually and whip it out the like vinyl and flexed it in front of your face? Uh, he went to the garage. He actually did? And he pointed it to me. He's like, see, it's over there somewhere. I'm like, oh, but I, but I'm like, and then I looked it up because I think it's the name of a painting or whatever. And yeah, it's a Braxis. A Braxis. I was like, what? Why not the hell? a Brahas? A Brahas sounds way more smexy. Yeah. What it's, the fuck? It's, it's it's like it's like it's like oh hey what it's like hey what albums you guys listen to today? Oh we listen to a record called Abraxas. Like oh that's cool I guess. Oh what albums you listen to this week? We listen to a record called Abraxas. Like Abraxas. That sounds cool. Anyway, and then for our main event, we checked out Dark Side of the Rings, uh, season four finale of Marty Janetti, and oh my god, um, if I could give my opinion on this without going into spoilers. This is very much not the last episode. Of what? Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. 
it's uh it's it's way different it, it's actually it's actually kind of just back to regular dark side of the ring where it's like oh yeah not a lot of fun it's just kind of like oppressive darkness yeah it's kind of like pseudo depressing so and weird did you weird. find the post uh let's see if the audio plays and records can we fucking talk about it okay can we step back and just really take sorry i'm on like a wi-fi yeah, the Wi-Fi at the space is ass. God damn it. Hold it. Let me just get off the Wi-Fi here and let it just use my phone data. Do you not have unlimited data? I do have unlimited data. Oh, okay. But it's not like I work with internet and Wi-Fi, <laughs> so maybe at times... Fucking right. happened here. An absolute... He is from Louisiana, so he has can that raspy voice. Talk about it, real quick. Can we step back and just really take take into spectacle what's fucking happened here? An absolute rare eclectic find. A 1998 Degeneration X. The boys are back in town. All five fucking members getting ready to tell your mom to sock it. We can't fucking wait. But let's step back and really look at what's going on. Are you ready? That's what I asked your mom right before I blow her fucking guts out. Are you ready to ride this ride, daughter? It's absolutely impeccable. Look at the hair here. Though. I think that's his gimmick. The breeze, uh-huh. like I just had my head hanging out the goddamn car window on the ride over here. It's fucking eclectic. I like the word eclectic, and I will be using it going forward. But my word, step back in with bop bop. He looks like if Sid Vicious was in a compressor. It's the fucking scissor back. They can't stop us. They can only hope to fucking contain us. Get ready to hit him with the hell of family here. Can we fucking talk about it? So like, yeah, we- he went all Triple H right there. Yeah, that 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 is, that is definitely so, uh, a person. Yeah, that's like a seat level C tier up and coming comedian that Jake showed me. Yes, oh, Mr. Hot. Yes, of course. Mr. Yeah, where do you think? Yeah, Mr. Hot or not showed me that guy. Of course, Jake. And I only really care when he flexes like vin- those vintage shirts. Like you, you know that shirt's like six hundred dollars. No, no, that that th- no the collectible aspect. I mean, yeah, I mean, I collect video games, so of course I, you know, can under can understand that kind of thing. So like, yeah, no, awesome. But uh, I, it's just, I'm sorry, it's just you tell the me, boys, oh back. I'm sorry, it's just you tell me that Jake shows you that, and I'm like, of course, this is a bone steel guy. Well, come on, because J- Jake's always on his self righteous kick on comedians, like how. Oh, comedians are the last stand of free thinkers and speakers in this world first free, amendment free freedom of speech last dudes criticize just like whatever <laughs> cool i don't care it's cool go to go to joe rogan's you know, no cancel culture i think jake cafe. is just like waiting for the comedy renaissance you know what is a trip hmm. i watched a video of it like explaining what happened to comedy movies what happened to those big comedy movies? Like the ones with Will Ferrell and shit. Oh, yeah. That yeah. were always meme worthy. Like there was that like good period of 2000s to mid 2010s. Just like constant comedy. I'd say, yeah. And the yeah. video kind of said the last one was 22 Drum Street. But from then on, there just hasn't been like those movies since i'm trying to think the last like real true comedy i think i watched like at least in theaters and i don't mean a movie that had some funny moments so i mean like a movie that's like a comedy uh is the neighbors sequel that i saw when that came out but that was like god uh five six years ago maybe more yeah right around that time when those movies died yeah so 
Huh. You know, I never thought about that. I, I, no, legit. I just never thought about it. Yeah, there was a video talk about obviously one of the main. Every movie's like a weird hybrid now. It's like, ooh, we, we kind of want these indie aesthetics, but we want to be funny, but we want to have dark, dramatic moments, but we still want, but we want to have romance and all, and all sort of stuff. Every movie's like a weird fusion now. Or or comedy <clears throat> then moved over the superhero movies where that they too. were being quirky. Oh, yeah. That's where the video it was basically That's canceled. A good point, actually, it was basically yeah. cancel culture and superhero movies is where then the comedy moved to. Yeah, yeah. So that what happened to the death of those comedy movies. But there's a generation of those heads, like your Uncle Laser and your Mr. Hot or not, yeah. that grew up on that shit. We grew up on that shit too. We did too. But I'm not I li- watched a lot. But of it. I don't live and die by those movies. I don't either. There's only there's only a couple like comedies that I really like care enough to go back to. And it's a pretty small list. Like I can like think Step of Step Brothers. Yeah, Step Brothers is good. Hangovers the first Hangover is good. Uh it's not really a comedy, you but there's a lot of funny last... uh Beverly Hills Cop. Hey, I watched friggin' uh Talladega, Talladega Nights when I had like a free weekend. And oh, I just that, that's a Will Ferrell one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I think this is kind of a comedy, but I used to really like Wedding Crashers. That one was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dodgeball. Dodgeball's really good. Dodgeball's still. a classic. That's probably the one that's held up better than all of them. But a lot of those movies just don't like. And then you have like <clears> the <throat> sequels of those movies, like Zoolander 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, just kind um, of my folks, my folks said that one was wasn't half bad. Cause it was okay. Because yeah, of all the movies for my dad to like, you know, my dad, he's pretty straight laced guy. Loves Zoolander. Goes ham for Zoolander. And I'm like, Dad, why? This movie's too dumb, even for me. Because Dad never liked Will Ferrell because he says he plays the same. He's Dad said, Will Ferrell's like Vince Vaughn. He plays the same character in every movie. And all the movies are dumb. And all the characters are dumb. Yeah. But he likes Zoolander. Hey, that's, that, he doesn't, like, hey, Bill, he doesn't say, like Ben Stiller for the same reason. Hey, you, well, there's also The Rock. And he makes a fuckload of money from doing that. Dad doesn't like The Rock either. Yeah. <laughs> Mom turned on The Rock too after all these years, and I yeah, don't it's know called why. The Rock started his own production company, and he was able to manipulate the movie market. He sure was, and, and he sure did by basically playing the same exact character. He sure did, and then he takes royalties from that check because he's also using his production company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that is what happens when you might not have the most range of talent. Yeah. But you're supposedly actually a good worker and you show up and you don't cause problems. Get Hard was a good one. That was Will Ferrell and Kevin and Kevin Hart. Yeah. That one was really funny. Does Hobbs and Shaw count as a comedy? But that's part of those action movies. I know, I know, I know. It's just that movie was funny though. I'm just saying. So did you have a story for the cold open or No, I no, I, I was just gonna be like, Yeah, I'm just in school. Uh You're just in school. I, I'm I guess I'm Toxic Withers Withers. I guess I'm Toxic Wizards rhythm guitarist now. I made for a recording. Yeah. Because we're for recording. Like, yeah, because we did the lull. Like we did the lull shit post was like, ah, fuck it, why not? Because we're like sitting there cracking jokes, was like fuck it. Give give good friend Dylan a break from tracking guitars. <clears throat> yeah, why don't you dick with the track? And I'm sitting there, as like, honestly, yo, just warm up a little bit more. Was just have you do this track so we could do less time. And then yes, <laughs> obviously, good friend, good friend Dylan's ego did like have an existential crisis from that. Are you serious? Yeah, he. I'm I'm not that good a guitar player, Dylan, but. You were able to be, but I was literally, it's like, fuck, it's mean to say, but I was just like, you know what? It's honestly no better than what, than what good friend Dylan was going to track. Thanks. 
hey, you know what? You did a good job. Thank you. Hey, I thought the track sounded sick for what it is. So. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought, oh, God. Hey, we record is... music every now and then. <clears throat> yeah, every now We try to. You so, try to. I try to. Just saying. It can be a process. Yeah. You know what? I like tracking and recording short recordings. Yeah. Um, Doing like a long recording with a lot of tracks is difficult yeah, we're, and time consuming. Yeah, we're, we're a real band now. Our last release was two years ago and this new one, if we can get it out this year, you know, it'll be two years and <laughs> that's <laughs> what the, that's what the real bands do, right? <laughs> it's, it's two years between every album. It's you know? a, like all we're missing is a sick uh, record deal with nuclear blast. Yeah. Doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think we would get on. Yeah. Them. But either way, fuck it. Since I don't know how what more we gotta say. No, that's about I right. haven't dealt with shitty customers of late. That's right? good. I haven't. Happy. It's been okay. Because when you deal with shitty customers, they just always sound grating and annoying. It's grating. And I mean, bad customers always are, but the specific ones you have to deal with because you're in a you're in a service where you have to explain things to people, and people and do it, like ten minutes of their own research, and then they think they can tell you what to do or what you're supposed to do. Or I get the I explain what they need to do, and they go like. Sorry, that just sounds like a foreign language to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not about that. Well, I'm just like, I'm not get yeah, well, I'm not gonna do that. Well, it's like, well, sorry. You're gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And I obviously be friendly and I'll try to help. But there's a point where it's just like, sorry, you're on your own now. I'm not going to hook up your smart cast for your TV and your phone because I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't have that gimmick at home, so I don't care. I've honestly finished my job, so I am out of here. Oh, you can't figure it out? Well, having me try to figure it out, sure, I'll help you. But then there's times like, sorry, I just can't. Well, I don't understand it. You got to help me. This, what do you do? And it's like, I already did what I did. I'm out of here. Bye. I'm just saying, <laughs> those people are the worst. Yeah. All right. Let's roll the hot or not. Sure. I fucked up, so it's round two. Sorry. But you didn't know anyway because I edited anyway. <laughs> okay, so I'll just repeat what I said earlier. I didn't, I don't have a good and hearing getting as far as we did in Jake's message. I feel like I'm justified. I didn't have a good. I don't have a good feeling about this hot or not because Jake sent me a message a few hours ago saying my mom was not allowed to listen to this hot or not. So, all right, let's see how fucked up the audio is. So we're gonna most likely start a little late. Like wrestling. Oh my mark. god, it's so hard to rewind. These. Calling you a little fucking bitch last week. Thanks for giving me a hot. He said sorry in the beginning. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Let's roll with it. To be fair, I did not now, think right? I thought that him. you were okay. going to just sleep on my pee-pee man song right? This or is whatever because it was no a fucking humor, slow tempo little jam, all right? I didn't expect you just to be like, you know, throwing a hot out for it. So, thank you. Now, for sorry, this week's I'm song, I'm really, really testing the waters here, okay? Because not only is this song... How's that, Jake? legitimately cringe uh, legitimately, legitimately hella nerd hella and nerd. legitimately like wrestling mark attitude bro, 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 era wrestling parody. mark because that's exactly what it is attitude, and i'm expecting bro. a hot Rusty from mark it. moment punk mark buster uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to roll with me here 
This song I found. I am so hipster to this song. I found this song when so it had like hipster, four James. views. Okay, so and hipster. now on TikTok so and everywhere hipster. else, it's That's into so the thousands. Hipster. All right, but imagine if Phil Collins wrote a song about, or like yeah, Phil Collins or Barry White or just any of those, or Rod Stewart wrote a song about a Barry the Attitude Lindo. Era and the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> Barry White. Barry no, I know, Lindo. I know, I know where you're going. You're like, all right, this is a hard sell for for a hot or not, but I, I have a desperate plea for, and a case for this to be a hot, okay? <laughs> you need to watch the music video because that's what's going to throw everything together, so watch the music video and just know that, personally, I feel like this is one of the greatest wrestling parodies ever, and... Also, I'm going to send another voice memo. You have to listen to the other voice memo before we have you to, rate Jams. the song officially. So, here's the Monday Night War. So, you went from selling to trying to manipulate us into saying it's a hot. <laughs> you just want to be on your streak, Subliminal bro. messaging. Subliminal messaging, Jake. Subliminal oh, messaging. Mr. Hot or not, Jake Rostein. Jake Bonesteel. All right. So this is a song by Brad Steele called Monday Night something. I think he said it's called Monday Night War. Yeah. Well, I see a bunch of footage that's wrestling related. Yeah. We're just watching in the Raw Open, but... Or Nitro. And now Nitro. Of course he has a beard. From when I was a kid. Alright. When I think back on it all, there's a lot I don't recall. But there's some things that I just can't forget. I'm feeling this guy was a theater kid. He's got a good voice going. It's not bad. I'm gonna assume this man's not a professional singer. But he doesn't suck. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you listen to Brian Vinny's song contest, but I have. I've listened to a few, yeah. Yeah, he did that. 1998. Yeah. 1977. What? I thought you were gonna run. He keeps switching shirts. Do you think WCW? Hey, random question. I know we're supposed to listen to the song, but do you think WCW shirts would go for more money than vintage WWF shirts? Uh, Stone Cold. Well, yeah. Okay, take Stone Cold out of it because that's not even fair. Yeah, I know it's not fair, but it's Stone Cold. <laughs> but do you think WCW shirts would go for more than no. some? Okay. Only like 500,000 people. Shh, they don't want you to bring that part up. That's when they won the war, James. That's when the tide turned. Okay, so this... Okay, so this is just the course. I drove a tank. 
You know, that footage looks really cool in compilation footage. You know, the tank. 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 Yeah, it's called yeah. Roman Reigns. That I grew up before I knew it. You see, we have the tribal chief because you booed him, James. Yes, I fucking know. <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. To win Stone Cold to the ring. WCW's only hope was seeing people's elbow and the NWO. You missed two years. Yeah, bro. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah, you know you're not showing WCW 2000, bro. You know what you're not showing? All the all the casual racism and the women beating. That Vince Russo booking, bro. Like even when v- Russo left, they still kept some of the they kept a lot of the women beating and racism. <sighs> I know. But it was worth it. I'm were- not going to lie, that ended up being kind of fun. That yeah. chorus wasn't half bad. Uh, it's Stone Cold drove a beer truck to the ring. WCW's only hope was sting. Huh, fuck. The people's elbow and the NWO. Fuck, this is more memorable than like 80% of the hotter Nazi sentence. Oh, okay, okay. It's stuck in my mind more. Uh, do you have your thoughts? Do you have yours? I need, Honestly, I, need... I don't know. I got to see how Boatsfield's going to try to manipulate Oh, that's right. Me. We got to play the message. Because the, the next message... It's three minutes and six seconds long. What the fuck, Jake? We're going to have to start imposing tariffs upon his voice messages. Or not. <laughs> or not. Hey, this is the only part your mom listens to. God, you're right. Let our number one fan out. Okay, here. now that we have all listened to the song, I wonder what we're feeling. <laughs> because I'm sure we were all entertained, right? Yeah. I'm sure you got a nice little giggle out of it. Maybe yeah. a heartwarming little bit of emotion right uh no but is it hot james edward is it hot well let me just put a caveat in here i see he's trying to manipulate us if you feel this is not hot moving the goalpost let me try to convince you otherwise goalpost mover and this is where the earmuffs need to go on for the people that are expecting a clean podcast okay earmuffs and then a five-second warning. Jake, please five, don't, please don't four, make James have three, to edit you. Two, one. If I'm being real with both of you and all of these listeners, I am so fucking horny right now, okay? You have no idea the things that have transpired in my life the last few days, all right? And it has just been building and building and building, and I feel like if I were to release, I could fucking pressure wash the outside of a house, okay? And what does this have to do? What is my horniness raging? Yeah, what does it have to do with Stone Cold driving a beer truck to the ring? horniness have to do with this song? And how WCW's only hope was Sting. But if you both give this a hot... I will make it my life's mission to fuck to this song. I will make it my goal this year 
to make this happen. Well, this is bribery this song, at this point. This video, I well, will make a it play in official. the background while doing the dirty, dirty, nasty, nasty. I'll wait, I'll wait till I'm he's done. telling you, I, it will be my word. I will make it happen. If I don't, you can retroactively knock it as a knot. But, and I will update you when it happens. All right, live on the podcast. Okay, I'm not going to call you as it's literally happening. I feel like that would be... Yeah, how are you going to prove it, TBH? I don't know. I feel like that's very not gentlemanly. But after, if I can make it happen, I will send an update on the podcast. I'm just throwing it out there. Is this a desperate move for a hot? Yes. But am I a desperate man in more ways than one right now? Yes. So there you go. Rate it what you will, and uh, I will. I'm crying. I'm legit crying. I guess I'll wait and I'll find out with There's everyone tears else. In my eyes. Maybe, I, maybe I'll have sex with this song regardless. Maybe I'll just do it and whatever. But it would be nice to have. <laughs> it would be nice to have the motivation of a hot to push me to eventually make this happen. James, when did hot let's make our dreams come so true? Demented. We all want this. Okay, I'm just the one saying it. Well, that was psycho. <laughs> okay, can I ask a question? How is he supposed to prove he did it? Does he send pictures? Uh, or video? No. <laughs> or audio clip? Do I have to watch his flabby ass thrust in 4K? Yo, dude, we're getting an amateur video? Not flabby, flat. Yeah, bone... <laughs> amateur <laughs> porn star sensation, Jake Boneschwanger. Hot or not, uh, Dr. Death Danger Radio. I'm just saying, homie's got the last name for either A, being a pro wrestler, B, being a musician, or three, or C, being an adult entertainer, an amateur adult entertainer. Triple D Radio Ambassador, Jake Bonesteel. <laughs> but, uh, so what do I say for Adam 22 over here? Hmm. I'm just saying. When Stone Cold drove that beer truck to the ring. When WCW's only hope was Sting. Something about the people's elbow. No, he just says the people's elbow. The people's elbow. And the NWL. I'll give it a hot. You know what? I'll give it a hot for everything. I'm so fucking mad at Jake because I was going to give it a hot anyway. I didn't need the bribe. <laughs> yeah, I like we're go- like, well, obviously we're not government officials. So, you know what? Four for four. It's weird. He bribed us that sex that, that he's going to have of- with someone else. <laughs> he bribed us with sex he is going to have you know with that, someone else. I'm just saying, there was a lot of extracurricular effort. Jake, my mom was listens not to necessary. the show. Hey, Bosu gave the warning. Well, yes. I mean, Mr. Hot or not. Oh, well. <sighs> there goes our sponsorships. Well, we don't have any, but no one's going to want to sponsor us after this. What are you talking about? Pornhub.com. <laughs> Not the Brazzers. I got the li- I still got that license plate you gave me. Contracted adult film star. Contract contracted Brazzers sponsor Triple D Radio coming at you live in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, I fucking hate Jake. Uh, I swear to God. Hey, you never answered. I gave it a hot, just saying. No, I gave it a hot because I was like, you know what? It's fun, and it's genuinely got a more memorable chorus than 80% of the songs he ever sends us. This is something I can see you and me quoting for like two weeks. I'm just saying, this might be a quoter. This is a quoter. When Stone Cold drove the beer truck to the ring. When when, when WCW's only hope was Sting. The People's Elbow. And the NWO. Just saying. Yeah. 
We like wrestling, everybody. We do enjoy wrestling. Hey, it's not like this fucking show's just going to end with more wrestling. You want my opinion on what you should watch from the ad today? Because I can give it to you. Watch WC, Watch WCW at all of 97. Watch 96, not, 97. Watch late 97 through early 1999 for WWF. And then fuck everything else and just watch all of WCW in 2000. Actually, no, you can watch all of 97. It's a great year. Yeah, no, there is good Online stuff. Online content-wise. That was the Br- uh, uh, Brett Stone Cold feud, right? Yeah. Year? Okay, then yeah. So watch all of 97 for both companies. Watch, And also, you got to think the juicy drama with, like, Sean and Brett. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... It's like bad boy, pro, former bad boy or professional wrestler, Phil Brooks, CM Punk. Oh yeah, so I see. I, I think back then, I don't know if it fucked with people's perception or actually like made more people engage. Really into the quick, th- th- there's obviously th- like in the year of 2023, backstage fights honestly kills the com- like killed, <laughs> kind of killed AEW a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make a, an, an alliteration here, uh, an equivalency here that's actually notable. Just roll with me. Did you hear about what happened to A Rod, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, no. Torres Achilles tendon, tendon, second drive of his first game with the Jets, and everyone was like, wow, Aaron and uh, a- Aaron Rodgers and CM Punk are now the same people. All that hype and money just for an injury. Well, has uh, A-Rod been fighting people, fighting his teammates? He looks like he's fighting himself, dude. He has been so, in his eyes, checked out for Who? the last, like, a- Rodgers. He just looks so Punk. checked out. CM Punk, I think, wanted to make AEW work. I don't know. The whole, the whole, it was, uh, the whole conspiracy of it was an inside job is really starting to make a round. Like it was always there, but after how Tony Khan just decided, just went on the whole, you know, my life, when TK Slider said his life was in danger and stuff, everyone's like, okay, this sounds a little sus. I don't buy into it. I'm just here for the funny. Well, either way. Either way, yeah. I totally just spaced out right now. I was like, "Mm." I was like, yep, more CM Punk stuff. And I was like, maybe we should go on to the next part. You want to just go to the CAR? Yeah. Let's go to CAR. How's it going, listeners? It's now time for the CAR, or you know, the classic album review. And to anyone that's hopping in from the timestamps, I don't know who the fuck that'd be. Because this is just kind of the chill segment of the show. For the this most part. This kind of allows us to transition into the more review aspect. Sure. I think, And I, it allows in some backing track. It also <laughs> allows us to argue on a friendly scale. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, think there's, I think there's been a few times where the CAR has been, like, the thing I remember most about... Uh, uh, about an episode like the episode where we did Roots. That was a really good CAR. Or, or, the, or the Lulu one. That was a good one. True. <laughs> Lulu, I could think. Yeah, Roots, yeah. I was just like, I don't even know. It was just fun. The, the atmosphere was fun. It was fun. What, me making fun of new Metal? Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is a Braxis by Santana, the record. Or it should be called a Brahas. That's what I thought, too. But, but no, um, no, it's a Braxis. Sorry. Sorry we weren't there in 1970. Your dad's going to ban me or, like, give me less portions. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, instead of a whole steak, he'll just give you three quarters. That's, um, that's kind of criminal. Let's be real. <laughs> so no, he'll uh, give it to me well done. He's going to, he's going to, oh. Hate well done steak. People that order that way are manifestations of the devil. It's like, you know what's something to talk about? 
I've been fucking with Smash Burgers so late. Yeah. But Smash Burgers are like, you know, well done because they're smashed. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's just like there's a crisp to it. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. Like I like my burgers juicy. Uh, Smash Burgers pretty 50-50 with me. But anyway, actually, we had a pretty bomb ass Smash Burger spot. It was like you take a like the whole burger just melt in your mouth, like everything, except maybe the pickles, because I'd be demented to have melt away pickles, melt in your mouth pickles. That sounds pretty good, actually. Actually, yeah, no, this was actually a pretty bomb spot, and this is where we also went to a spot that had like vintage import vinyls. We kind of just walked into the shop. It was like a cholo like attire shop. But then it had vintage vinyls. They had like some random like greatest hits, a weird pressing of Black Sabbath that was like a two hundred dollar vinyl. What the hell? They have for? like Jap. They have also like Japan like imports. You know what the good label sure, is? Sure, sure. And like uh, the bright colors and shit. Not the bright color. Like you know, like the good strip that's all in like kanji. Right, right, yeah, yeah. That's they had cool. that shit. That's so, sick. That's sick. Other than talking about Smash Burgers. Tell me how this album was. Was it a smash? So this is the... You've been listening to the intro song. This is called Singing Winds and Crying Beasts. Um, I don't know. I liked how mystical it kind of sounded. It took a while to get... Well, I, was, I wrote here. It takes a while to get going. But okay, didn't really... love child. What? Did you just crawl love out of hate? child, huh? You, what, you come out of, crawl out of hate street, buddy? Hey, cut your hair and get a job, hippie. It's an interesting choice to start a record because it's like five minutes of ambience and atmosphere, and it's Four just minutes a, and fifty seconds. Okay, so it's, it's literally just to build the song too. I just gave it a five because it, it's it's fine, but on a repeat, I might skip it. May I wrote here? Maybe if I was blazing, I'd be more into it. Yeah, did you crawl from Hate Street, buddy? But it's cool how it transitions into the next song. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts is I need to fucking turn down the goddamn notifications. So, we can stop having pauses and audio like that. Alright, here's my thoughts. Bro, this is a 4 minute and 50 50 second long (laughs) intro song. With barely any Santana. 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10. It was fine. Ambiance. Yeah, yeah. Alright, but unfortunately I have my hair cut and I have a job, so I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Alright, tell me about it. Oh, here we go. Black oh. magic woman. Black man woman. Little Slash gypsy queen. Little ish known fact. Uh, this is a cover of a Fleetwood Mac song. What? It, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's uh, from the Peter Green era. Also, a little fun fact. The drummer of Fleetwood Mac, Mick Fleetwood, subscribes to Lizard Man Theory. Isn't that neat? Uh, anyway, so like, this is... <laughs> this is what... So this, I was like, <laughs> that was left field. So also the drummer of Fleetwood Mac... Subscribes to Lizard Man Theory. Yeah, you learned something today. Yeah, I did. So by not care, I was like, "What?" You just kind of threw it at me. I was like, "Yeah, damn, so, all right, homie." So this song's a classic. Uh, it's not just a classic; it's a banger. It's a classic banger. There's not too much I couldn't say about this song and what it did for Santana that someone more qualified couldn't. But I like this one. I, I always loved how it bounced back and forth between like the quiet and the loud. You know. Um, one of Santana's strengths is that this band has like a shit ton of members, and you hear them all in it. It's awesome. And then I love the the Gypsy Quip, Gypsy Quip, Gypsy Queen bit at the end. It's just 
it's it's awesome. Uh, I gave it a high seven out of ten. I actually think that it makes the first song better because flowing into that from this, it's a pretty cool experience. So for me, I wrote down, yeah, it's a classic. Bono was never in love with the song. Uh, I, honestly, I thought the song was always punishing to me. When it came on the radio, I would always go, oh. See, I used to feel that way too, but I hadn't heard this. This is the first time I've heard this song in like years and years. As I said, I have a lot of like, I just have those moments. So it was like, yeah, the guitar is iconic. I agree. It's great. But fuck, this song is a punisher for it's me. It's on Guitar Hero 3 too. So I gave it a high six out of 10. Fair. So that's just my feeling. But next song though. Oh, here we go. No, tell me about this one. Oye, como va? Dude, what a back-to-back combo. Black Magic Woman into this. This song is smexy and cool. The playing's fantastic, and the keyboard solo at 220 is a gift from God. I gave this another high 7 out of 10. It's just great. I think, yeah. So for me, I wrote down, okay, I fucked with this song. And it's a banger. Yeah. 7 out of 10. Not really much other comments. There's not really much to it. It's just this. And then you hear the oi como, como va? Oye como... Oh yeah, it's right. It's this. just this. Oye como va? But this is basically it for the song. Hey, I fuck with it though. No, that's great. But can I give it like a super high rating? You know what? I just wasn't vibing on like super high rating vibe. But a 7 out of 10? That's a re-listen to me, baby. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And we get some Santana, dude. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a uh, man. It's, it's his fucking name. And there's like times like, where is he? <laughs> well, he, so the band's named after him, but it's still like a full band, you know? So. Either way, on to the next one. An incident at Nesh Abar. Nesh Abar. I wrote here, the intro to the song sounds like the intro to a spy Nesh-a-bar. movie. Nesh-a-bar. Sounds like the intro to a spy movie. Uh, so this is an instrumental, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it's pretty sick. I dig this a lot. It, this song reminded me equal parts of like Yes and the Spyro the Dragon soundtrack, and that's pretty sick. I actually like this song more than Oye Como Va, and also the guitar interplay at like uh, I think I wrote at 150. It's the bee's knees. Um, I gave this one a light eight. I love the song. So for me, I wrote down yeah, this is a wild jazz brain of a song with a lot of friggin' just hard tempo changes. Yeah. You go like, well, they just did that. Alright. This song's just all dramatic. Dramatic. So I, I give it a high 6 out of 10. This is a lot of escalation and drama. Yeah, it's fun. It's frantic. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, and up and down. Yeah, Santana like jazz. I don't know if you could tell. Oh. I think he might be old. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. This song's called Say a Gobble. Uh, yeah, this was Say a Gobble. This one is mostly an instrumental. Everything gets a chance to shine in this one. Carlos and his guitar, the percussion and keyboard. It's a lot of fun. I gave this one a six. I, I don't think there's anything bad or like wrong with it. Uh, but compared to the other songs that came before it, to me, it feels like... It's not like a sharp drop, but to me, there's just a little bit of drop in quality. It doesn't stick around oh. long enough to leave an impact. <laughs> you know, yeah, like what... Three songs in a row. Yeah, yeah. That you're like, dude, I'm on a high, and it's like, okay, may all right, <laughs> we're kind of dropping down. Yeah, yeah. We're getting back somewhere. But yeah, I gave it a, I gave it a strong six. So for me, I wrote down, 
Yeah, this is some this is some samba. This is some Latin fire. I give it a high six out of ten. It's not bad. It's fun. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's not sick. Bad. But now, mother's daughter. So I'm not gonna lie. I actually think this song is awesome, but it also kind of sounds. It also in parts it sounds a lot like the last two songs in ways and parts. It's safe because, you know, it changes up as it goes. The vocal performance on this one's really good. The singer's got a bit of bite on this one. Plus, you know, home and plus homies busting out some gritos in the background a couple times. So I gave it a I gave it a strong six out of ten. Maybe it's maybe it's better, but yeah, I stand by that. Well for me, I thought this song had some spice. I give it a seven out of ten. That was like, yeah, you know what? Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. I vibe with the song. It's good. It just had a little energy. Yeah. As you can feel the shaker in your fucking dome. Well, so did Incident in the National Bar. True. Hey, some songs vibe with others. That's true. The song songs don't. Okay, now here's a song called Samba Bati. Uh, you're not uh, you're not gonna believe this, Samba but uh, story goes Carlos wrote this song after he saw a dude with a saxophone perform outside his apartment. Which interesting the note I wrote here. Santana only has like two writing credits on this record. It's and his fucking name. <laughs> uh, so this song is influenced by jazz. Well, what it's still is this a collaborative It's still a collaborative effort, you know. Why name it with this fucking name? Because Santana's a cool name, dog. I don't know. Ask him. Anyway, this song is influenced by jazz, but it also unintentionally sounds like a blues song because the way I listened to the song, Santana to me was using his guitar in the way like a saxophone would be used. And then when the keyboards start coming in, it sounds like gospel at some point. Uh, it's very good. Strong six. So for me, I thought this song was kind of a come down. I said we've been like, you know, sevens and high sixes. But this was a tasteful come down. It was yeah. like a drop in energy. We're chilling out. I gave it a tasteful six out of ten. Tasteful six. A tasteful six. Just saying. Now then, on to the next one. This song rules. So this song's called "Hope You're Feeling Better." Hope you're feeling better, Jake. I hope you're feeling better. Hope you're feeling better. Four for four. Wait, <laughs> yeah, how are you gonna prove that? You know, we're just gonna call you a liar. That's why I'm like, is he gonna take pictures? Is he gonna film it? Or is he gonna just record audio? I, you can't do that without consent, dog. I feel bad for anyone that came here from timestamps. Um, so this song is great. This is one of the first songs I heard by Santana that wasn't, you know, Black Magic or Oya Como Va. And I forgot to and I forgot to mention, by the way, Oya Como Va is apparently a cover as well. Oh. So two of their biggest songs oh. are cover songs. Um, this song's just badass, man. Sick riff, rag keys. It's fun. I wrote here. It's fun Bay Area hippie vibes. Eight out of ten. Love the song. So for me, I wrote down it was like, yeah, like it's Santana playing by the numbers late '60s songs. It it definitely is the most late '60s sounding of these songs. Yes. Like, there's a bunch of bands that sound like this, but. The Latin flavor helps. So I gave it a 6 out of 10. Obviously, not an 8, but... 6 out of 10? You're on crack. I don't know. Hey. Different opinion, bro. Go ahead. 
Sorry, uh, sorry, not four for four, Mr. Hotter dog over here. About a bono like friggin' so cold drove to the ring, and WCW's hope was only Sting with the people's elbow in the NWO. All right, God. All right. Okay. You ready for one. the last yeah, song, yeah, yeah. or do you do you no. still want do you still have time for, or do you still want more time for the song? Be oh no, we go to the next one. All right. I listen to that song on the way here anyway. Sick. So this is the minute and a half outro called El Nicoya. Um, it's a minute and a half, and it's pretty much just this. I didn't even score it. It's fine, but it just kind of feels like a weird—not weird, but it, I, I, I question the decision to end on this song. Is what I'll say. I just hey for me, it's just quick outro. It was nice. I gave it a six out of ten, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Too sh- okay. <laughs> How about that? Okay. So, so tallying up my score, uh, out of a score of 80, since I didn't count that last song, came to a 53. Um, yeah, this record's really good. I thought it was fun, lively, full of a lot of charm. I say go listen to it. I mean, you listen to half of it with us, but it's really good. So, James, I uh, wanted to ask, as is tradition, uh, or the tradition I'm making now, your final verdict. Was it a vibe? What's your final thoughts? Was it a vibe? Yeah, it's a vibe. I'd say definitely check it out. It's definitely worth checking out. So it's more chill. If you feel like you want it's if you don't want to go straight in the hard like Latin music, this has a variety, so it was friendly. It's boomer friendly. I still am wondering why the fuck it's his name, but he does like nothing. <laughs> well he I'm sure he still comes up with his parts, but I don't know, maybe it's like well, actually, the keyboarder who that part that part to me is like the most baffling thing. I was like, well, from I was what like, what? Well, from what I've researched, uh, the keyboard player who was also the singer, apparently he was kind of like more the main songwriter in that band. So I don't know. I mean, why is it called Fleetwood Mac when like when John McVie and McFleetwood barely wrote anything? It was all just Peter Green, or then uh, and then eventually, um, what's his name? Um, that one dude. Bob Welch and then Lindsey Buckham, Stevie Nicks, Chrissy McVie. So, you know. All right. I got the book. Uh, do you want to do the 70s again? You pick a de- You picked a decade. Okay. If okay. you want to do 70s again, you could go, like, d- totally go for it. I picked last time. So. You know, let's 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 stick with. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's do. Let's be. Uh, let me see here. Let's, be, later, let, let's so- be dangerous. Let's go back to the 50s. Damn. All right. I, I think we've legitimately only done one 50s record, and it was Elvis. Yep. And I was like, bro, what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay. Um, Get over here, you bastard. Get over here, you bastard. bastard. Oh, my God. That's like a fucking sliver. Yeah, I know. The 2000s has more than the 50s, I guess. You know. Okay. Hey, I think this guy was like, oh, dude, oh, 60s, 70s, um, yeah, he's in the 90s. Yeah, because as you can see here on the on the um, bullet points of noteworthy things that happened in the 60s, Armstrong walks on the moon, Kennedy g- dies, and Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah? Okay, so let's... I hit right. the mark. It's literally too small for me to do the gimmick. What? Left, right, forward, or back, rule D, D on the D. attack. Go! Okay. We have two options. We have... Just say right or left. Left or right. Uh, right. Let's see here. What do we got? Sabu by Paulo Congo. <laughs> what? Um, 
Chano Pozo <laughs> nailed the Afro-Cuban conga drum into jazz playing with Dizzy Gillespie's orchestra in the late 1940s. In doing so, he opened a door for such talented percussionists as Luis Sabu Martinez, who replaced him in Dizzy's band following Pozo's death in 1948. Equipped with a powerful spirit... <laughs> And slap Sabu triumphed as session sideman for Blue Note Records, working on Art Barkley's Orgy and Rhythm and uh, Holiday for Skins, among others. As a leader of Paulo Congo, he served up a variety of beats, drawing on his mixed Spanish, African, West Indian heritage. Engineered by so and so. This doesn't tell me anything about the record. Recording captures the fury of the Cuban rumba and sun styles in a studio performance. Uh, oh, the tone and the tones of the guitar are soulful, funky, and timbre. Uh, what uh, is this called again? It's called Sabu, like the wrestler. Yeah, but by who? Paulo Congo. P A L O C O N G O. See, Paulo Congo? Yeah. Oh, here we go. And the album, Sabu. All right. Let's take a quick look. From 1957. By the way, it's eight songs in 40 minutes. Are we just going to listen to Congo music for like 40 good, minutes? You know what? Hey, you know what? It's different. You it's know unique. what? It's different. I am willing to. This hey, is it's what. Not, it's not shitty metal. What, hey, hey, this is what the CAR does. It challenges us. All right. It challenges us. This is like the second time we've only ever done the 50s anyway. So. Well, either way, we're going to take a break and yeah. then roll into our main event. Our main event. Less fun. How's it going, listeners? To anyone that's hopping in from the timestamps, it's now time for the main event. So, so, what do we watch? So, week? what do you want to talk about? So, so, <laughs> so, so, oh. Triple D Radio Show. So. What do you want to talk? So. It's more wrestling, guys. It's more wrestling. So. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk. Actually, I don't want to talk about Marty Jannetty. Whoa, too fucking bad. This, this, uh, this, uh, this episode of Dark Side made me feel, uh, made me feel like I wasn't mentally healthy. Um, just some background on, or maybe if, you are. Maybe you're doing a little bit okay. Maybe, yeah. Actually, you know what? You're right. I'm not Marty Janetti. So this Dark Side of the Ring, just quick background is about Marty Janetti, famous tag team partner of Shawn Michaels, and his many ups and downs and trials and tribulations, and how you know what you can feel a little bad for this guy, but spoiler alert. Kinda does it to himself. Kinda does it to himself. You know what? <laughs> At this times you just kind of lose sympathy. Yeah. So, so the episode. So, so what do you want to talk about? I'm not making this up, everybody. The episode. <laughs> you should use this. No way. Actually, no. We we'll probably get copyright. But um. Oh, we're not making money. Oh yeah, you're right. I don't fucking care. Adrenaline yeah. in my soul. Triple something, something, D Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Um, 
So I'm not making this up, everybody. The episode starts off. We'll get in the specifics. Yeah. But the first minute is nothing but telling you, the viewer, through audio and visual communication that, hey, hey. Man, the Rockers were sick. And Rockers were kind of sick, okay? Shawn Michaels was awesome. Hey, but there was that Marty Jannetty guy, too. Okay? And then there was Marty. Also screaming. Marty Jannetty. Also screaming fangirls. Lots of fun and partying and murder. No, murder. No, seriously. It, it, comes, it comes right out of nowhere like that. They go through the history they had, sure. And like, man, these guys were awesome. And they've been, conf- and then, and then they're talking about how, you know, in this episode, may, you know, Marty will be confronting the darkest secret he's held on for 50 years or whatever. Well, he finally met his darkest secret. See, I had no lie. idea. I see. I had no idea what this episode is going to be about because you know, I mean, I like to go in the dark side, pretty blind, and I don't know much about Janetti. So they go what from was there to know about though. So they really quickly go from pretty boys, Shawn Michaels and Marty J, with screaming women, and now death and murder. Not helped by the not helped that right before they do the title drop, we hear a Fightful Select interview talking about it. Brian Alvarez talking about it. <laughs> yeah, they did the fucking CTV thing for fucking Alvarez. Yeah, you know the yeah you know the video that was recorded three years ago or four. Well, it's kind of relevant because that's when like, hey, anyone that knows pro wrestling or enough. There was like a moment where Marty Jannetty randomly on Facebook said he killed a man. And everyone was yeah. going like, uh, wait, what? He was sus on the bus and everyone was really concerned. And, you know, this episode might talk about what the fuck he said there. And they ask him, and th- this is this is your teaser. And they ask him, well, did this happen? Marty fucking says, I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's something that could have happened. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like, so, bro, what? So we... <laughs> Uh, so we open up, um, you know, we open up on Marty present day, you know, we see him and man, homie's in rough shape. He's in a wheelchair. He doesn't look great. So- yeah, he looks terrible. Sores and Have surgery. You seen Michaels? <laughs> he seems like he's doing the worst okay. thing about him is he's is, is he cut the hair. That's that's it. Yeah. He still looks good. He doesn't even look like he... Okay, he looks like he did a few drugs. Okay, wait a minute. Lie. Did we review the Shawn Michael documentary? No, we did Bre- not. No, I went and watched you it watched after the Brett one. Yes. I'm just saying, Sean might be looking better. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. So, you know, and of course his voice... And Marty I mean, here, it's like, you know what? Like, Marty looks and sounds like he's been through the ringer. Al Snow on, who I wrote here, current old man Al Snow looks like if Bruce Pritchard ate Kevin Nash... Talks about how Marty is charming, charismatic. Talks about how when they were when they were the new rockers, uh, Marty got an ankle injury. We'll be coming back to that later. We see two of his doctors on Leland and George McCluskey. I think they're like doctors, but like they also, I could be wrong <laughs> since I don't have notes. Were they also saying they were high school homies? I thought so, because they remembered he played football. Yeah. And was very athletic. So they knew each other when Marty was in high school. Leland is a is like a is like an ankle foot surgeon specialist person. George is like an arm elbow one. And George mentions that, you know, most people have you know one you know, or two problems at a time on either or. He said Marty has about six on each at once. That's how fucked he is up yeah. he is. Yeah. They ask him, so on a scale oh, of yeah. what on a scale of one to ten, what kind of pain is Marty in? Twelve. Just twelve. On a good day. On a good I was like, Fuck. okay. 
So he's got, so he's got, yeah, no, it's just a lot of issues. And this is where I wrote here, like we, you know, issues with feet, legs and shoulders in a wheelchair, crap ton of surgery. Yeah, a lot of this is just like when we, there's a lot of parts in this documentary where we see him roaming around and he's just in a wheelchair. I'm just like, God, his right you leg. You just do not look good. His right leg is so swollen. Because it looks like it's three times the size of his other leg. Yeah. It's nuts. So they give us some background now on Marty. Played football as a kid. Marty and and Marty, okay, this is important. Marty tells us tells a, a funny little hijink story about how when he was in chemistry class, he mixed some chemicals he wasn't yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, the teacher told him not to mix the blue chemicals with, with the, the orange. orange chemicals. And he's like, ha ha lol, you don't just tell me like not to do that because then my curiosity will kick in and I'm a gonna do that and then he does it you know and it's, it, it's like something out of a movie it blows up in his face knocks someone back apparently it blows out a window made the rounds on school it made the rounds on school it's like hey did you hear marty blew up the chemistry lab oh my god marty blew up the chemistry lab then we get his friend karen Ro- it's walker i wrote rocker for some reason karen rocker no it's karen walker she says she's been a friend of marty she's known him for 40 years and the she says, yeah, you can't trust about 90% of the things he says. That's setting up some themes for later. I'm like, wow, thank you. P-Man, this is like five minutes into the show, and I'm like, okay, so clearly they don't want us to sympathize with Marty too much, but I'm still holding on a little bit. You know, he's a bullshitter, but he's not an outright liar yet. I can deal with a bullshitter. I don't like liars. So then this is cut with Marty telling the camera, uh, he's telling the camera crew tales of in this order. Right after she says you can't trust 99% of the things he says, how hookers used to give him freebies at age 12 and 13 because they thought he was cute. Oh, dude, when he said that, I was just like, oh. Was that when your sympathy died? It it died died fast there. (laughs) Okay, I lasted about 15 minutes more. Like, my sympathy was like, with the chemistry lab, I was like, I know he was going to be bullshit. But when he said, like, oh, I got freebie from hookers when I was, like, 12, I just, like, well, my sympathy just decided to fucking drive off the fucking cliff <laughs> off uh, off near Big Sur on the freaking 101 and, the, <laughs> and, sharp drag- and sharp jagged rocks and a fucking just, like, teeny little freaking convertible just making sure my sympathy fucking died on the spot. No hope of survival. Big explosion. <laughs> just say so you're saying you don't feel that bad for him if i'm under- understanding that right i do feel bad like no, well that's true. i don't know if anyone should be living the life like marty Janetti, but no. lord knows there's worse wrestling lord, lord knows there's worse people in I, him in wrestling that should thing. be off worse obviously maybe he could have done things better sure and who knows what time he has left hopefully he can do things better hopefully other stories the moment, at that moment right there i was just like no i would have walked out the room i would have just checked out my sympathy as i said just gone up to the producer of this episode and just be like hey man i can't do this i i can't i not even that I, I just leave just leave i wouldn't okay. even say bye his other two stories are how one time donald trump donald trump walked up to him Addressed Did he say President him, Donald? President Donald Trump walked up to him, addressed him by name, Marty by name, complimenting him on how he always had a cute on how he always had cute girls on his arms. And that he went to Okay, so the other ones are bullshit, right? This one to me feels the most bullshit. How he went to a sex addiction a sex addiction clinic and ended up dating his counselor. 
I'm surprised my sympathy didn't die there. And then Karen has the fucking. I wasn't in the room with you. And then Karen fucking says he's always putting on a show, but he's she's he's hiding the sensitive side of him that feels pain and doubt. I'm like, homie's got some fucked coping mechanisms. Yeah. So they talk about five minutes in five minutes in. It's like, bro, damn. So they talk about Marty's childhood. Sounds like it was terrible. His mom apparently used to uh, beat on him pretty bad. We uh, which is like, oh, yeah, a lot of these tales. It's like, yeah, I was I was going to say that's a common theme with these dark side. Yeah, it's called fucking shitty parents make (laughs) shitty adults. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Mark Moran on who was a Texas hangman, but more importantly, he was part of WCW's disorderly conduct. Yeah. I actually kind of popped for that. And he looked healthy. He looked good. I mean, I'm sure he's like 50 something now. He looked late. He looked er, late 30s. They've been friends for 39 years, and he confirms mom terrible, dad awesome, sports and wrestling saved Marty's life. They jump pretty quick to Marty meeting Sean, and Sean was, according to Marty, quote unquote, a stand. Well, there was like, yeah, it was like, what? He just kind of started doing wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah. He started doing wrestling. He just started doing wrestling just to get the fuck away from home and I just, forget get, what, just leave whatever goddamn Midwestern town he was stuck in. Yeah, I forget what wrestling promotion they were in. I don't remember. I think they probably said the name. I don't. It was probably one of those random ones that wasn't AWA or NWA, but it was affiliated with one of them. Um, and he meet. This is where he meets Shawn Michaels. He's supposed to show him around. And he describes Shawn as being quote unquote a standoffish nerd with his jeans pulled way up. Then two weeks after... Hey, Shawn's always said that Marty got him on drugs. (coughs) Oh, really? He said that? I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Sounds about right. So then two two weeks after they meet, they're tag teaming. They kick a lot of ass. Yeah, and you just have Marty just go like, oh my god, we're just like first match and we were just like in sync we just like we just knew each other in and out oh i'm sure i was like bro dude you are like sounds so sad pathetic if you're still clinging on the like you and sean were like that like i think he's just putting over how fucking sick the rockers were dude i think he's just putting over how sick sean was well Pat Tanaka on. I was like, holy shit, I forgot he was alive. Uh, Pat Tanaka on. He's basically here to put over the rock. Like, okay, so in this segment, he's here to put over how the rockers are, you know, just fucking sick. But his whole purpose here throughout the episode is basically to tell you tales of their gnarly partying. Yep. So Brutus, he's the party friend. Oh my God, Thick, brother Brutai, he looks disciple, Mister Bru- Booty Man, the Booty Man, the Booty Booty Man, Brutus Beefcake on with his wife that he makes sure to kiss in front of the camera, <laughs> and you know they're just talking with her. I don't even know why they're Homie here. Was honestly, flexing his wife with their fat cleavage so hard. <laughs> It's like, it's so fucking comedic. I almost want to use them as a thumbnail for this goddamn episode. I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw him on screen, I thought that was Gangrel. All right. Brutus Beefcake looks, makes Gangrel look like Gangrel is in shape. IMO. So things are good for a while. We find out that that Karen lady um, was basically Marty's guaranteed groupie uh, for when they went through St. Louis because they ask they ask him because uh, she makes a comment about how I'm his forever wifey. But then they ask Marty. So was she like a girlfriend? And he was like, yeah, well, you know, for St. Louis. 
See, he's got that fucking he's got that fucking tick that a lot of drug users have where after everything they say, they do a weird laugh for no reason. It's like, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, they just huh. Because their sinner's <laughs> like, dude, I just hit him with such a sick, witty joke, bro. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, and listen, I Because, I, bro, homie hit the sickest, wittiest joke, bro. You just don't get it, dog. <laughs> He's so funny, you guys. Dude, he's so fucking funny. Where's Jake to prop up Marty as being a savior of freedom of speech? Yeah, dude, where's Marty to help Jake have proof that he boned to the Monday Night Raw song? You know what? I think Marty would do anything for money. He might be willing to film Jake. So in and, the wheelchair. So the mm, so the Rockers kick a lot of ass, right? In <laughs> AWA, they kick so much ass that Vince McMahon notices, and he's like, "Oh God damn it, pal!" So Marty and Sean, God damn pal, let's get him into New York. Yeah. So Marty and so Sean, like Marty go have Donald Trump go up. I was like, man, you Marty Janetti, you got you always hanging out with the cutest girls. I know we try. I'm gonna be president in 2016. I know. We try not to be too political, but is it really a flex if Donald Trump tells you you have good taste in women? I don't know. So moving on. So this at this point of the episode, they're talking about how they're fun, raging partiers. But there's an incident where they get outdone by a guy named Jimmy Jack Funk. What a name. Jimmy Jack Funk, baby. Jimmy Jack Funk, and I don't care. So they uh, so an incident happens where he's like, hey, man, I hear you guys are partiers. And apparently he takes like a drinking glass and like bites part of it off or something and then sean's like huh well i can't do that but i can do this and breaks a wine glass over his head and then they decide to apparently trash the bar do wrestling moves on the pool table and bleed everywhere awesome and they did that often they made it sound like and because they're wired they're dude they're wild partiers i'm sorry they gotta show they're the partiers i was laughing because i because i forgot i wrote here after one week in the wwf they get fired capital lmao yep from partying too hard i guess so the rockers rock too hard dude they rock too hard they gotta show they are the life of the party so in marty's house i i think this is marty's house or maybe he just went to a church he's in a church or he's whatever. in a church okay i yeah no you're right marty, oh, marty doesn't have a oh my god so oh, i'm gonna go out on a limb oh. i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that maybe if your sympathy survived that metaphorical car crash, this is when it was finished off because Marty introduced a concept to us he has. Part of his life philosophy, GAT, God's amusement toy. It's it's his way of coping with his bad luck, quote unquote. Yeah, it's my bad luck. You know, that Mark guy, he he he's trying so hard to be nice. He's like, you know, he has bad luck, you know, and I but I tell Marty sometimes Sometimes you just make some really poor choices and you need to stop blaming Gat because, you you know, you need to take responsibility. Al Snow's just like Marty. It's not God. It's you. You're your own worst enemy. (laughs) I was like, thank you, Al Snow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Because he's trying to tell him. He's like, yeah, I'm just sitting there. Something bad happened. I'll be like sitting there just every now and then when God's like done just like with a typhoon or causing a freaking famine. He'll just go like, oh, there's Marty, and he'll just throw a light, bolt of lightning at me, and, zzz, and it's like and he'll be laughing away, and I'm just like, I'm just God's amusement toy. And it's like, shut up! Oh my god, 
he he's not really one to take uh, personal responsibility, is he? Oh my God, for realsies. So the Rockers go to. I'm just gonna blame God. <laughs> So the Rockers go, uh, they go other places. They try to make it work, but Vince. I got in a fight with a stripper and I was on a lot of drugs. I blame God. Vince decides to give him one more chance. I think it's Pat. The Rocker is one more chance. The yeah. Rocker's one more chance. Yeah, I think it's Pat Tanaka or um, what's his name? Al Snow, who says how who, who they say directly like, oh, yeah, if you're successful, you know, uh, you'll get you'll get you'll get many chances, especially with Vince. Um so it goes better than last time. Pat Tanaka talks about how, as Bruno, Bru, sorry, Bruno, as Brutus mentions, all Brother these Brutai, yeah, all these hot the chicks like the Rockers. Oh, all these hot chicks like they, the Rockers, and they'd have these wild parties all the time with all these chicks. And Marty would be on some head ass, and how one time Pat wanted with all like, these chicks wanted to like go to sleep. Yeah. But Marty didn't so want him to go so to sleep. So we literally tell a story. Yeah, yeah. We have Pat Tanaka. He's just talking about there was one time there was a party. You know what? I think they put in a long days of work after the show. But maybe, maybe there was a traveling day. So you know what? Pat Tanaka, he gets a couple brewskis. He's feeling a little tired. There's like, you know, a little party going around. You got Marty and all these hot chicks. Kind of just doing, you know, they're doing their thing. And Pat Tanaka's like, you know what? I'm on this couch right now. It's fucking comfortable. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to relax and enjoy. And then what happens next? Uh, Marty Jannetty pulls out a fucking gun and fires it off to wake Pat up because he didn't want him to sleep. I don't watch sleeping, bro. There's hot chicks here. There's a (laughs) sick party. We got to get going. It's like. Did we just drive for like eight hours, bro? God, I'm exhausted. They point out. Why did you bring a gun? The point they, you know, you could have just nudged me gently. I felt like the gun was a little excess, bro. I'm just saying. It was you, a little excessive, yeah. I, you know, again, we have hot chicks. You, you got to show you're armed and dangerous. You're a bad rocker boy. And then, but can and, I get some fucking sleep, bro? And the concept of nah, get- dude. We got booze. We got hot, hot chicks, chicks. We got cocaine. No sleeping on the couch. And they and the con and Marty's concept of gat becomes a, the concept of pat uh, temporarily because Marty's gunshots puts like a hole in the wall. Uh, uh, um, bl- you know, blows yeah, open a, a window. The wall, and, I a, and I think it puts and I think it puts a hole in his car just from the angle there or whatever. And Marty is mad at Pat. He's like, he doesn't say yeah, this, I but know, he's Pat like, why did you make me do that? I wouldn't have done that if you didn't sleep. Yeah, dude, if you didn't, hey, if you didn't decide to like be tired and exhausted and want to rest your eyes, I wouldn't have to freaking grab my gun and wake you up. Low key, one of the douchier things Marty did in this episode. I was a sinner. Well, my denying someone sleep is already terrible, but waking them up with gunshots and then blaming them for using a gun to wake you up. Hey, that's kind of terrible. Hey, you, I it had, sounds I, funny. Hey, you falling asleep. I had to use my gun to wake you up. I had to use my gun to wake I you up. I had to. All right. It was you. You, you, hey, buddy, you, Pat, <laughs> I had to. I had to use my gun. I had to fire at least five rounds, all right, to like wake you up. All right, come on. Yeah. So then, um, I'm just saying, it's your fault. It's your fault that you decide you want to get some rest. And it's funny you mentioned all, it's funny we keep mentioning the hot chicks. Al Snow, hot chicks. Al Snow said that, uh, they used to have, a line of women outside their hotel rooms uh, waiting to take their turn at bat. And my reaction is, there's no way 
these guys could perform like six, eight times in a night. I don't care how much coke you're doing, okay? I'm just saying it's... Hey, it's 80s coke. It was a little bit more refined. There was no fentanyl in it. <laughs> you know what? You're right. There was no fenny. Uh, Marnie says, you know, they did everything together. They drove together, room and board. They were close, traveled, party together. He said they even did women at the same time, I think. Wait, who? Marty and uh, Sean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, then, they, hey, they might have been good buddies. Yeah, they might have been friends. I'm just saying, when you're fucking loaded out, I'm just saying, like, ideas of, like, you know what, fuck it. They didn't hate friendship, like Lego my L, my, Lego my L well. His um, Lego my Ego Mac Daddy Myers. But then in 1990, uh, they tell us of a man named Chuck Austin. What a Chuck name. Austin. Yeah, Chuck Austin. What was up with Chuck Austin again? He broke his neck. Oh, they were doing they were doing a spot, and oh. from what I can, t- Marty yeah. explained it in a way to where Chuck took the move wrong, and they show the footage too. And like I think Chuck just took the move wrong. It looked like Chuck took the move wrong. Yeah, and he lands right on his head. He can't move. Next broken. So and the yeah, gu- so basically a spot went wrong. Spot went wrong, and um, the guilt eats eats up marty but then chuck decides to sue the wwf for 10 million dollars that's about 25 million in today's market and and this is this is fucked they the people apparently reached the verdict in like 20 minutes and they award austin the win for 24 million dollars marty's like what the fuck naturally wwe tries to appeal and then they settle for $10 million. And Marty has to pay that money through his royalty checks, and Sean pays nothing. Because Sean wasn't in on the spot. Because Sean wasn't involved in the spot. And he's like, oh, look at that, Sean. Oh, lucky again. Okay, that was me. That is genuinely a case of good luck, bad luck. Yeah. Karen hates Shawn Michaels. <laughs> She's like, I hate Shawn Michaels. And it's like, you know what? Shawn Michaels was a very hateable man. Yeah, I wrote here, Shawn Michaels, as all wrestling fans know, pretty terrible person for a lot of the 90s, especially, you know, the last Just, three, four years. Yeah. They go into how Marty was on a lot, no, like a lot of drugs. And one a day- A lot of drugs. One day, Karen found him passed out on Halcyon. I don't even know what Halcyon is. She calls Sean for help. You know, what to do? What do I call? Who do I call? Yo, do I call like the cause? Do I call an ambulance? And you have Sean going, no, hold it. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll come over real quick. And Sean and Jimmy Snuka, of all people. Just come on in. They toss Marty in the shower. And I guess he was fine. He's still alive. Yeah, he was okay. They make a point to tell us, the audience, that yes, everybody. They don't say this directly. But to me, they were communicating. Sean had his problems. But guys, Marty really had problems. They both had problems. Marty said uh, Sean started to get kind of weird with him after that incident. And it it culminates with them arguing in a hotel room. In a hotel room. Someone gets, yeah, was it Sean? Sean throws Marty out of a window. Or at least Sean. Shoved him into the window, and then Marty like falls out and like stumbles a little bit, and yeah. then you have Karen just going. Thankfully, we're on the lower bottom because what happened if that was actually on the second story? Then, uh, sh- well, then Snooka wouldn't be the only one with uh, with a murder case. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but instead, but now we get Marty wakes up. He's like, "Dude, what the fuck? Why'd you push me out of the thing?" And then, then they just end up like, "Fuck it, let's just take it outside." And apparently, Marty beats the shit out of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and you just have Marty goes like. All I know was, like, I wasn't really cognizant. I just know I had blood on my hands, and I know it wasn't my blood. Yeah. And Sean was just on the ground. And I was like, damn. So Vince wants to split up Sean and Marty because, you know, tensions mounting and whatever. Oh, and this is where the conspiracy theories come in. Because you have (laughs) Marty going like, yeah, you know what? Um... 
Yeah, after I kicked Sean's ass, I don't think he wanted a team anymore. And then everyone else yeah. is all like, yeah, you don't really return from getting your ass whooped by your teammate. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to like argue, but when you start hitting each other, that's that's when things might be beyond repair. Yeah. Um, and there's times you can like like just like roll with it, yeah. friendly fighting. Sean's a bitchy man. <laughs> Especially in the 90s. Yes. Uh, and Vince, uh, according to Marty, Vince said to their faces, you know, because, um, you know, Marty's Marty or Sean asks, you know, no, Marty asks, well, where do we go from here? Where do the two of us go? Apparently, Vince tells them to their faces, I see Sean becoming a big superstar. Marty, I don't quite see you at that level yet. Mark's. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, uh, Mark says Sean. This is a direct quote. He says Sean was probably in Vince's ear or ass at this time period. Yeah, like God damn, everyone just going like, "Oh, Sean was kissing Vince's ass." Funnily enough, all no the time. Oh my God, Vince, your pompadour is so sick. Oh, dude, you're so buff, bro. I mean, I mean his pompadour is pretty sick, bro. It's like, dude, don't be jealous. His drip I, is rad too. Remember that windbreaker I, I he wore it. in the breath dog? I was like, I get it. You're jealous that I'm like with all these chicks, but like. But Vince, hot bro, chicks. He has all these hot chicks. But Vince, we could share, bro. Come on. You'll just talk to him. Let me, it, look, I'll Come call on. up my friend Johnny Ace. I'll call my friend Johnny Ace. Yo. <laughs> That's so fucked. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, my God. I was like, I didn't take a second. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. So. You're my genetic So, you know what? Vince. Maybe Sean and Vince... Sean was casual acquaintances with his boss, and alleged, you know, and alleged, and alleged more conversations yeah. than over the water tank, and alleged uh, potential homosexual liaison. Everyone likes saying that. Yeah, Mark, I don't know Mark why. says it's true. Funnily enough, no comment on that bit from Al Snow and Brutus Beefcake. Um, I think that's just a bad joke. Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 Sean's gay with Vince. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. That's why Sean went, became the WWF champion. And I see they people... touch peepees. I see people say that. Damn, <laughs> why is the word peepee so funny? Um, yeah, people say that. And there's some times where I'm like, oh, you know, there's a little bias favoritism probably. But then I'm like, but then I remember I'm like, wait a minute. Have any of you guys watched Shawn Michaels wrestle? He's like the best. He's great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Mark says, sorry. And then it, then it leads to the famous barbershop scene, you know, where Sean kicks Marty through the window. And Br apparently, according to Brutus, he says, and I didn't know that that was going to happen. I'm like, really? They didn't tell you that there was going to be a they turn? They didn't tell you there was okay. going to be a turn. So is that like Scott Hall thinking that apparently the screw job was real? I'm sorry. Was it was a work? So, yeah. I know this is like the only reason why fucking Brutus the Barber Beefcake's here. There's no other reason why he's here. There should be no other reason why he's here. They just make it seem like this segment was a downfall of Marty's life. No, that started I think about three uh, about three years before he met Sean. So after that, Marty apparently does Marty things and got kicked out of countries. Oh, countries. My. So was this the part where we like show like raw footage of him talking to uh, like a police officer yeah, in India? And then it's like, hey, let me ride your motorcycle. And then decided to ride this motorcycle into a hotel and literally crash into someone. Yeah. A physical human being. Yeah. With this fucking moped bike. 
Marty, everybody. I was like, how did you end up? Why? Marty Janetti, everybody. Bro, there wasn't even, inst- dude, there wasn't like Instagram or TikTok to do dumb shit like that. Yeah, no, I know. It's He He just, I guess well, there he was just a, did it to do it. Hey, they did it for the little fucking like VCR like recorder they had on them. I guess. Home videos with Marty Janetti. So after you that. Know, CKY? <laughs> nah, dude. Marty Janetti. Bam Margera. Bam Margera who? Nah, real rocker Marty Janetti. <laughs> 96 quite bitter Janettis. <laughs> Al Snow said he thinks Marty got fired and brought. Al said he thought that Marty got fired and brought back more times than the Iron Sheik. Damn. Marty eventually says, fuck you, bye to WWE because he's just filler on the card. And yeah, he's his- just filler on the card. He was trying to like feud with Sean, but no one gave a fuck. Yeah. And uh, the new Rockers thing just wasn't doing it for him or the company. He tries at WCW, struggles on the Indies to, um, to for a while, but at one point he just gives up and vanishes from the public eye. Yep. Does this appear? Lone, he was pretty slashed on. He was pretty slashed on drugs. I think he fucked up his ankle too. Yeah. So it be it been a reoccurring problem from him, and he says early in the episode it'd be the first thing to go. But this is when it like really happened. Al Snow, uh, sorry, no, sorry. Um, apparently his contempt for Sean at this period was mighty because, according to Karen, he'd have pictures of him on the wall and like and like Metallica with the Kip Winger photo. He would just throw darts, but that was one picture of see, Kip like, Winger. See the Kip apparently Winger, this was a lot. Yeah, the Kip Winger thing. That's just a meme. That's just funny. That was just a meme. They're probably right? friends with him because she was seventeen. Yeah, that's not a good thing to admit, Winger. Yeah. But anyway. Especially with a song there, buddy. But yeah, when I heard when like they showed or talked about that, I was like, bro, why? <laughs> I you know what? I would try to forget about Sean. Homie was obsessed. Yeah. Like, what takes you to the point where you start making a dartboard, multiple dartboards with Sean? Oh, please tell me he had the spread had the Playboys had the Playgirl spread. <laughs> He's sitting there just like trying to throw darts at Sean's dick. <laughs> I'm just like, please. Okay. This might justify that. All right. I am perfectly fine with that. Because that was almost If he gone. had the Playboy spread. Please tell me. He's just sitting there he's like, fuck you, Sean. You with your better hair, your WWF title, and your penis. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck your penis, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Fuck you. So uh, then with he's a success in DX or something. Then and your and your amazing theme song, jin, 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 so then he's at rock yeah, what was bottom. Marty's theme, yeah. Let me get that. I up. have no idea. Did he just keep the rockers theme? Let me look up Marty Janetti's theme. Just go. Here comes Jan- here comes Janetti. Um. So anyway, yeah. So he's at rock bottom. I mean, really rock bottom. I Bro, think he's been at like rock bottom. No, but this is like when he's he's at a point now where he's like, I'm done. I'm ending it. I have a mountain of cocaine and I'm just going to do it till my heart blows up. But he asks God for a sign. Oh, right. This is him talking about. It's like, you know what? I'm over it. I will commit suicide by partying the fuck out. Yeah. But now death by Coke. But if God, I, since I am God's amusement toy, just give me a sign. Make it easy because I'm stupid. Make it easy because I'm kind of stupid and I'm kind of loaded right now. And then I'm all Scarface cocained out. I I I resisted to write that because it's a very serious scene. But yeah, it's just like Scarface. At least that's what he's trying to describe it to yeah. us. Yeah. 
So then, and then as soon as he says, give me a sign, he gets a phone call. He's like, oh shit. He doesn't know the number. It's fucking Sean. He's like, oh my God, it's Sean. So Sean's becoming a born again Christian. Yeah. You know, Sean might have changed his life around and he, you know, being a rocker was a little hard. Yeah. While watching the Sean documentary, Sean was actually jealous of his good friend because he was just chill. He had a wife. He had kids. He didn't hate his fucking life. While Sean was like living life like a rock star and was like known as one of the best wrestlers ever, he hated his fucking life. And he's like, I fucking hate you. How do you be fucking happy? <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know the story. Sean was watching WCW Nitro to see how his homies Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were doing. Yeah. There was that one Nitro girl and he was like, bruh. <laughs> Yo, you should just... Hey, Hey, yo, Kev, Kev, Scott, Scott, Scotty. She introduced me to her. What's up with her? Let, let me holler. And then we born again Christian. There you go. I think I might have missed a couple steps, but. <laughs> I think you got the important bits. Yeah, I got the important bits. So. From watching the Sean documentary. You know, I think that is an under, an under talked about aspect of Sean is that like he does seem to genuinely feel bad for how shitty he was. So Sean flies him out to Arizona to be born again. In fact, apparently he actually baptized him. And then Marty gets, and it's like, you know, he feels pretty good. A month later, he gets a call. It's WWE. They, uh, they want a rocker reunion. He's like, yes, dude. I actually remember watching this on TV when it happened. Um, they have a match. It's good. They offer him a contract. He's going to get a million a year. He's got it made. He's in jail next week because he argued with his stripper girlfriend. Bro, like literally he's sitting there. It's like me and Sean, we're in the ring and it's just all in sync. It's like we never, ever, ever lost a touch. And he's just sitting there. It's like, I'm going to get offered with a contract. It's going to be all good. And then you have everyone. But then, yeah, I got in trouble with the law. And then, uh, yeah, they said no. Gat, baby. Gat, baby. Yeah. And then it's like, um... Hey, Marty, uh, if you live a life, just keep snorting cocaine and hanging out with wild strippers. You're not doing yourself any favors, buddy. It's funny because Mark has that homie moment where he's straight up like, I told Marty she was bad news. But um, and this is when the documentary really hammers it home. Like, OK, it's OK to feel bad for him. But seriously, guys, he does this to himself. Oh, my God. He does it to himself. Marty's in so And in fact, uh, and in fact, Marty's in. Is this so this, this is what Marty's theme was. Rock out. Wasn't this the rocker theme? I think he just used the rocker theme. Yeah, that riff is sick. Yeah, but it's not sexy, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm cute. I yeah. know I'm sexy. Yo, let me just try to find the WCW theme. What the fuck was that? How long was he in WCW? Like a month? Like a, a little bit. Hard to say. I can't remember. So a little bit real quick. He's in so much pain that they actually interrupt the interview because his swollen leg is hurting so much. Okay, I can hear it. Is this just his WWF theme slowed down? So his theme is called Satan's Sister. TBH, I might have to jock that down in my uh, sound bits. In my uh, sound bit notes. Oh my god. Yeah. This is fucking heavy, bro. You need to have somebody ranting over this. 
Yeah, with the sound bits. Well, either oh way, God. where were you at? Oh, yeah, we were talking. I know his I, swollen leg is hurting in, oh, yeah. in present day. Sorry, I was on a mission to figure out the themes, but then I clocked out with the th- like after like the stripper and the cocaine after a successful like 2006 showing. Yes. Oh. And now we could have had the rockers, but instead we got DX. That sounds like the setup to a joke, but like that DX run was pretty good at the beginning. Um, God's amusement toy. God so, was like, oh, "Do we want rockers? Nah. Let's have born again, silly Sean with like cool dude Huntor making a bunch of penis jokes. Penis joke. And then with this like, I got a bazooka. <sighs> I remember. You know, it's an old DX shirt. I wish I could track down. It's the one where it says Vince loves, and then it's like a rooster. Pointing to himself with his thumb. <laughs> anyway, so then, oh, okay. This is now. This is when the doc, the doc goes from kind of fucked up to just fucked. Then we get to Marty's Facebook. Yeah, it's just sitting there. It's like, at this point when it's like when they started talking about that, I was like, bro, you've hit rock bottom when the documentary has to talk about your Facebook dog. I won't. So like, who gives a fuck? They show us. Um, some screenshots of posts he posted. I won't read everything in this first in the first one. Let's just all I'll say is it was something disparaging about the Obamas and him saying, quote unquote, I don't give a fuck. I got 13 black daughters I might know of. What? The other was well, yeah, this is the bar where he's like, I just want to say really dumb shit. And he decided to say some really, 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 really dumb shit. I don't want to look it up. Yeah, the other I was a little busy trying to like do some work while I was listening in on this part. Mm. The other one was him saying that he hasn't done cocaine in an hour, and he's begging apparently his daughter uh, to love him, and he's mad that she doesn't love him. Uh, and my daughter doesn't love me. Why the fuck she doesn't love me? I also haven't done cocaine in an hour. Can someone help me out on that? Another one that said that asks quote unquote. She says she's twenty, but she, does she look twenty? Oh, and one more. I must point this out. Apparently, he got a call with an offer for $150,000 to make three porno movies. To which he follows that up within the post by with him saying, I'm thinking my bruh Snoop had something to do with this. Do you guys get it now? He's chronically online. They ask him, hey, so about this one post about your daughter. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I was hacked. I didn't even know about that till I just, I was hacked. And I'm like, oh, dude, I was hacked, bro. And I'm like, what the know. hell? Are, and I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? This one I will read because what the fuck? If you loves me as much as I loves you, you will give your opinion. Just did DNA two weeks ago. She's not my daughter. We both held out. Actually, I'm going to stop right there because I'm sure you can get where that's going. Yeah, it's not. uh... (laughs) It's not good. Al Snow is literally just like, what the fuck, Marty? Yeah, Al Snow just says eyes just rolled to the back of his head just going. Oh. And then it gets even worse. Marty makes a Facebook post talking about how when he was 13 in a bowling alley, a man dragged him out back and he says, that was the first time I made a man disappear. 
the first time. This makes news. I remember when this made news. I remember this made news too. It was like, wait, what? Fightful has the st- covers the story. Wrestling Observer has the story. Marty has a warrant out for his fucking arrest, and Marty then says that the dude tried to rape him and that it was a accidental death. And then he tried, but but then he's trying to be like, it was a storyline to get him back into wrestling. What? What? So that's what he says. He says, no, it was a storyline for wrestling that got out of hand. And then everyone's like, he just said that so he could stop dealing with like, you know, actual police investigation. Because you don't just go there around going like, hey, I killed a man. And then people go like, oh, you know, there's people's jobs to look into that. So, yeah. And find out truths. Hey, God's amusement toy, baby. So then he, then he says the dude tried to sexually assault him and that he de- defended himself, killed him with a rock. He finally, and apparently he gets a family member to help him get rid of the body. Oh, uh, so dude, you got So you got to realize, I think you might have not had the lead in. So the documenters, they're asking about it. And oh, Marty right, is right, just yeah. hard, dead set. No, it's a storyline. It's for a story. Wrestling. It wrestling. It never happened. But then it's like, but how about yeah, hypothetically? And then he goes into a very detailed story of what you just said. Yeah. He was at a bowling alley. He was hanging with some dude. Some dude tried to touch his pecker. He said no. He tried to escape. I guess he smacked him hard in the temple with a rock. Accidentally killed a man. His Who showed up again? It was a family member. A family member showed up. They're just like, we're just going to put his body in the river and just let him float away. At least that's what I recalled. You have no. That's the what he said. That's what he said. They, Damn they right. dumped What's him in up? the river. I got the memory, baby. They dumped him Where in the, the river. Where the chicks at? Where the hot chicks at? Storyline for wrestling, guys. I'm glad this. And I wrote here. Okay, I'm glad this is almost over because I'm getting mad. So yeah, they don't say this, but clear. So this is what I wrote. So yeah, they don't say this, but clearly this is all bullshit. Marty didn't kill nobody. Just put that away in your mind for about two minutes. The people we've all seen so far express their love for Marty. They just want him to be happy. Can um, he just not be shitty? Brutus, some people actually give a fuck. We see proof that Brutus's wife does not think he's funny because he te- <laughs> because he because he tells the camera, you know, talking to Marty. It's like Marty, I love you. Don't uh, he says something like uh, he said, don't get any funny ideas with my wife. <laughs> and she's just looking at it. You guys can't see. But she's just looking at him kind of blank, just kind of like waiting for him to finish. Um, You know, and then and then and then they ask him, they're like, hey, so how are you with Sean? He's like, oh, I'm so cool, Sean. You know, I love Sean. And then and then this is where it comes just to twist the knife. That dude, he said that he killed. And he's like, nah, it was a story. Turns out Al Snow and Karen Rocker Walker absolutely believe him. Marty told Al Snow this in the 90s, allegedly. And Karen, the lady who said, Don't trust him. He he he's a bull, you know, he's a storyteller. You don't trust him. She trusts him. I can see it when I look in his eyes that he's telling the truth. And we see him say in a radio interview that Al corroborates that apparently Marty said on this interview he didn't throw the body in the river. They burned the body. And that's how it ends. Roll credits. Yeah, no, we also have like credits with actual statements, like, you know, whatever county that like supposedly murder and there goes like, yeah, no, no, if evidence actually like supports this. So we're not going to bother with this case. There's no cold case evidence. No yeah. like, people like trying to report this person. So 
High Chance is just a story, and Marty's just a fucking coked out loser. What a dark, what a dark, fucked note to end on. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> that's the episode, everybody. Thanks for listening. Well, everyone, this is a Triple D Radio Show. We need to figure out what the fuck we're watching next week. I think we had a few ideas. We'll Spinal talk Tap. About it. Yeah, that was the that was the, we wanted to do that one, and then we got on Marty Janetti. I think. Well, you want to do some pro wrestling. Well, I want to do the Russo one. Well, listeners, this is the Triple D Radio Show with your hosts, James and Edward. I hope y'all have a good one. Adios. And roll the song. <laughs>